0: Uh, Stephen Debbie Wilson, we are thrilled to be back with you and your, your pastor and your staff. And uh, I, pray that you, I pray that you're with us this afternoon. Let me add a little bit to what Craig said. Uh, this is just not a marriage conference. It is, but it's more than that. It's, it's for high school students, college-age singles, senior adults to the oldest senior adults to help you communicate, to learn how to communicate, or to maybe... Put a little gas on your fire so you can communicate better. Because I don't know about you, men, I'm like that guy, I need, whew, I need help sometimes because I don't do well.
1: So we are going to talk about communication this morning as well as this afternoon because there's a major breakdown in communication. Mm. Hopefully, if you don't believe that, we will identify it for you this morning. But it's one of the number one reasons for divorce today. Because I think we don't know how to listen well. I think we don't know how to communicate what we really feel. And there's just constant distractions in the midst of all of that. So we can all, I think, use a little bit of help. Um, We are going to talk the whole day what Steve and I came up with years ago when we began to recognize the fact that we didn't know how to communicate effectively.
0: And, guys, we discovered men uh, grunting, is not a means of communication. <laughs> Help me.
1: Uh, I say all the time, um, men, you fooled us. You really tricked us. Because girls, isn't it true that when we dated our spouse, they seemed to want to listen to us talk for hours? And they even talked. Do not you say that?
0: amen to that.
1: <laughs> and then what happens is we get married, we say I do. And we're really saying I do to what we thought was going to be. And then what happens is life takes over, and the time that we had while we were dating is no longer there because we have so many responsibilities. But, guys, anything good, anything good takes work. That's right. And I think we're a lazy society, and I think we just tend to just go with whatever's happening instead of truly working to have the best relationships that we possibly can. And I value a church that cares about that because as the family goes, as the marriage and family goes, so will go the church. If you don't have a great marriage and healthy relationships at home, you're going to struggle with this relationship. And so we just wanna be a small part of encouraging you and your marriage and all of your relationships this morning.
0: So we came up with a six levels of communication. We're gonna talk about two this morning.
1: Only two. We're gonna talk, uh, let's just pretend we're
0: in a conference. And, and, if, and if you were, since you're in our conference, I want, we are visual people. And I want you to be a visual person with us. The visual for the steps one and two, simple visual, is go to the city pool and they got a big Olympic-sized pool with diving board and all that stuff. But they also have a baby pool. And the baby pool is about 12 inches deep. And level one and two is you live your marriage, you live your relationships in the baby pool. And the crazy thing is you, you think you're swimming. You ain't swimming, your hiney's on the bottom. You're not going anywhere. But the, the crazy thing about this level is, these two levels is... You're not going to drown, and and it's not risky. Going into the three, this afternoon, we're going to go to the three feet, we're going to go to the seven feet, and we're going to go to the 12 feet of water. And in the 12 feet of water, if you haven't done the progression of learning how to swim, if you haven't done some progression of doing some things to have healthy relationships, you could drown. But you all, uh, in the deep end is where real swimming, is where real life happens. And we want you to go there with us.
1: So let us lay a foundation, a scriptural foundation, because God cares about communication. And there's a very simple verse that I wish we would just dwell on for a little while. Yeah, But the the crazy thing is, if you, if you read the book of James, you just read that verse and you just keep going. But listen to what it says in James 1.19. James says this powerful word.
0: He says this, hey guys, 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 come here. Mind your brothers, take note of this. Hey guys, come here, come here. Be slow to speak, quick to listen, and slow to become angry. Hey guys, can I transform your life here? Can I transform your relationships? Be slow to speak. That means don't stop talking, but be slow to speak, be quick to listen, and be slow to become angry.
1: And in Hebrews 3.13, out of the message translation, it says this, do you want to be counted as wise? Do you want to build a reputation of wisdom? Then if you do, do these three things. Live well, live wisely, and live humbly because it's not just the way that we talk, guys. Hello. It's the way that we live. So what we want to talk to you about this morning and as well this afternoon is how to communicate effectively, but also how to be wise in all that we do and all that we say. The first two levels, let me say this to you, the first two levels of communication that we're going to talk about this morning, I want you to know, you've all got this. Got it. Most marriages stay at level one and two. Why? Because it's comfortable, because it's easy, because it takes no work. And let me tell you what the first one is. The first one is small talk. Everybody seems to know how to small talk. We don't even have to go (coughs) to a class to learn to small talk. We,
0: uh, uh, y'all small talked as you came into church this morning. Hey, how you doing? How's the weather? How's the roads? Is it slick? Is it crazy? Are we here? Man, I'm glad we're here safely. It's going to be a great day. Praying for the services today. Hey, how was your week? Da, 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 da. It's small talk. This level, these two levels, your college roommates. And can, can I, uh... Two-by-four your forehead here a little bit, couples. Some of you are right here. Your college roommates. You're going through the motion. Hey, what time, What which service we going to today? Are, are we going to go to the 9 o'clock or, or, the, nine o'clock or the 10, 15? Uh, do we need to, how cold is it going to be? Da-da-da-da-da. How's the kids? Da-da-da-da-da. It's college room. When I was in college, my roommate in the morning, we had talked a little bit and he goes, well, what's your schedule today? Well, I'm gonna go to class. I got to work this afternoon. I got soccer this afternoon and da, da, da. Uh, Can I I tell you, uh, that's, this is where about 85% of the couples live forever. And will you go here with me? If you stay in level one and two and you get you get 50 60 70 years old you know what you're you know what you're going to become you're going to become a bitter old person you know any bitter old people they're bitter old people because they've lived their marriage and relationships in the baby pool and they've looked they've looked to the big pool and go man i man i I wish I could go to that big pool. I, I don't know how to swim, but you know what? It's safe right here, and I'll just, I, we'll just stay here.
1: Guys, small talk is not going to nurture a marriage. It's really not going to sustain a marriage, and I can testify to that. Steve and I have been married almost 40 years, and at the 12 year mark of our marriage, we hit a wall, and that wall was caused by the fact that we were going 90 to nothing and never slowing down enough to grow this relationship. It won't grow on its own. Anybody got any plants at home? If you neglect that plant, you never water it, it's gonna die. I don't know why we think our relationships are gonna thrive with absolutely no action. So we believe there's three major things that keep you at small talk or these are three things that cause you only to small talk. Number one, we live in a world today of busyness, busyness. All we do is go, 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 go. And can I just tell you, I think we go, go, go because we're avoiding sometimes the uncomfortable awkwardness of a disconnection in our relationship.
0: Hello. Uh, Do you realize you're busy? Your kids are in events that they don't want to be in. but you got them signed up because all your friends are doing, we were in Albuquerque, I signed my boys. Uh, all of our friends were signing up for baseball, and Debbie goes, you need to go, today's the day, we need to go get the kids signed up for baseball. I said, this is awesome. I was on the I said, guys, come get in the car, we're in the car headed to get signed up for baseball. I said, y'all excited about baseball? Man, mom and dad, all of our friends are playing baseball. Their, their kids are playing baseball. Your kids are playing baseball. Woo, it's gonna be awesome. You excited about baseball? And they said, no. <laughs> We're not excited about baseball, Dad. We don't wanna play baseball. We don't care if all your friends play baseball and all of our friends play. We don't wanna play baseball. We just wanna play soccer. Oh, that's all we wanna do." And I said, guys, if you don't play play baseball this summer, it frees our summer up in Albuquerque. We can go to Santa Fe. We can go mountain biking and all that stuff. They said, Dad, that'd be awesome. Man, I turned the car around, went back to the house, walked in the door and Deb goes, Man, it didn't take long to get boys signed up for baseball. I said, we didn't get signed up for baseball. She goes, well, why didn't you you get signed up for baseball? All of our friends are playing baseball. All their friends are playing baseball. Everybody's playing baseball. I said, they don't want to play baseball. They just want to play soccer. So we, busyness, we backed off and said, we're just going to do this. And you know what? Can I just tell you, thank you, Jesus. We had two boys that went to college on soccer scholarships. This is awesome. We don't like baseball, (laughs) but here's the deal. Busyness, couples, you stay busy because you're not connected here.
1: I think the loneliest people are the busiest people. Yeah. Because God intended for us to connect. He did, and if in our life, in our hustle and bustle of life, there is no time to connect. We're gonna struggle. And so many of us are afraid it's gonna cause a fight if we bring it up and if we slow down, if we simplify, but guys, somebody's gotta do something. That's what the 12 year wall was for us. right. I didn't wanna divorce Steve, I loved him, but I wanted him, I needed him.
0: And can I tell you what happens? Can I cut to the quick here? Guys, I thought everything was fine. Be honest with you, house, dog, car, kids, and sex. Every once in a while, what else do you expect from me? That's pretty good. Look at all the, look, you know, we're making a living, paying for the bills. She wanted an emotional connection, but what happened is, on a Wednesday night after youth service, she said, uh, "Hey, Steve, if this is what marriage is, I don't think I want it anymore." Worst day of my life. Slash. The beginning of a healthy marriage because we backed off, we slowed down, we shut some things down and said, you know what, I'm going to figure out what makes that chick's heart tick. And that's my pursuit of that.
1: So guys, you've got to, if you want to go deeper than just small talk, you've got to slow down, figure out when you can connect when you can look each other in the eye. And can I tell you, number two, I think, is the absolute biggest destruction today of relationships, and that's technology. Y'all don't wanna go there. Nobody wants to talk about it because nobody's willing to put their phone down. We can sit around and watch and see what it's causing, but we're addicted. We are. And we don't recognize what it's doing. Can I just tell you, If Steve and I are having a conversation and he's looking at his phone while we're having a conversation, I know that phone is way more important than me. That's right. And so, I don't know about you, but when I'm talking to anyone, and guys, anyone, if you want them to know they're important to you, you've got to put that device down. But the biggest problem is what are you teaching those inside your home? Yeah. Because I'm worried about our marriages. I'm worried about millennials' marriages, but I am scared to death that there is no hope for our teenagers' marriages, future marriages. You know why? Y'all know this is true. They will sit beside each other and text each other instead of turn and talk to one another. And, and there's not enough emojis <laughs> to get them through a marriage. Hello. And we, I mean, look at us. We laugh about it. But isn't it true? We are losing social skills. Your kids don't know how to interact with other adults. They don't know how to make eye contact. Can I tell you about your preschoolers? Because Steve and I say that communication is almost non existent during the purgatory preschool years. That's what we call them. Your children are depending on you yeah. for their self worth and their self confidence and their self-esteem, they get it from you, but they primarily get it from your eye contact with them. That's right. And we are not even looking them in the eyes. You know what your children think life is all about? Getting a phone as soon as I can. Because Facebook and Snapchat and Instagram is what is gonna connect me to the world. Mm -hmm. And then they're gonna wonder why it doesn't work. Steve and I saw just the other day on Good Morning America, they were interviewing these teenage girls. And they said, what if you post something and you don't get many likes? And they're like, oh, we delete as fast as we can. Because their whole worth is on how many likes they're gonna get. Can I just tell you, they need you to like them.
0: Can I give you hope too? Jesus likes you. (laughs) Some of you are, uh, in your relationships today, are not good, we know that. Can I just give you a, a, a lot of hope is that Jesus hadn't changed his mind about you.
1: But we run from him. He loves you. We run from every relationship mm. because, again, we don't know what to do with intimacy. We don't know what to do with someone getting close to us. And so we have these surface relationships yeah. thinking they're going to bring satisfaction, and they will not. So we've got to get rid of busyness. We've got to get... We've got to curtail or put some boundaries around technology. No tech,
0: Have some no tech times.
1: Just say in our home from five to seven, everybody's device is off. We're going to actually talk. I mean, y'all, that's a lost art, but and, we've got to bring it back. And
0: sit around a table, not a coffee table. <laughs> sit around a table and eat a meal. Uh, if you have high schoolers, great opportunity to find out what's going on in their life.
1: That's where you connect. Hey,
0: how was your day today?
1: Last, last point is apathy. If you only small talk in your relationship, it's probably because you've just become apathetic. That's right. You know what you'll do? You'll just start going, I don't care. Uh, what does it matter? It's not worth the fight. And
0: uh, whew. And to go here this afternoon, some of you are there, you're at apathy. If you're going, well, that, that's not going to help. Can I tell you? Uh, whew. I wish at our 12-year mark, I had six levels of communication and I, and I learned how to go to the three feet of water and go, hey, this is kind of fun. And the 10 feet of water, 12 feet of water and learn how to swim, learn how to communicate, learn how to know that she's not my enemy and we're in this together. And, and you stood somewhere at an altar and said, hey, I'm in for better, for worse, for richer, for poor, in sickness and health. Hey, God, I'm in. Well, you're still in. And this afternoon could be one of those times in your marriage where you go, well, I didn't think there was any hope. But maybe we needed to go back to the foot of the cross and say, hey, Jesus, you are our hope. I don't want, to, I don't want you to be apathetic. I don't want you to go, I don't care anymore because you're on a road that leads to destruction and you need to exit off of that road because God's got bigger plans than you understand.
1: Level number two is facts. Again, that's something we all do. We don't have to be trained on it. In most of our homes, all we do is small talk and then we do facts. What time is that marriage thing this afternoon? Are they going to have food? What kind of food are they going to have? That's where we live. It's
0: Baptist. We're going to (laughs) eat. That's
1: where we live, guys. Once again, I'm going to say to you, small talk and facts is not going to sustain your marriage. You've got to choose to go deeper. We want to give you four things before we end this morning. Four things that you must decide you're going to do if you want to go to level number three, four, five, and six. And can I tell you, your heart wants to go to those other levels. It does. But we've got to make some decisions right here. Number one thing, if you want to go deeper than level one and two, you must decide that you're going to be honest with honor. Let me explain that. For 12 years, Steve would walk in the door from work. I was not always okay, but I was trained in what to say when Steve would say, hey, how are you? Fine.
0: No, she wouldn't say it like that. Right. I'd come in, and go, hey, how are you? She'd go, fine. <laughs> and I'd go, oh, okay, good. I'll go watch ESPN. Here we go, here we go.
1: I don't know why we think that there's going to be any kind of change when that's all we say. But can I tell you in retrospect, in looking back at my life at the 12-year mark, believe me, life was all about me. That's why we put Philippians there. Do nothing out of of, uh, Selfish. selfish ambition or vain conceit, but consider others before yourself. I didn't consider anybody else but me. I thought, you know what? He's supposed to make me happy. He's supposed to read my mind. He's supposed to do everything that I can conjure up in my head that I want him to do. And none of that happened with the word fine. And so we made a decision that fine was never going to be the answer. Now, let me real quickly tell you, because this was a game changer in our marriage. At the 12-year mark, we went to the beach, sat on the beach for a week trying to figure out how we got to the place that we got. (coughs) It was not a fun week. It was a lot of regurgitation of hurts and things that had happened over the years. But we did get ourselves to a place that we were ready to work on this thing called marriage last day we were there i'm in the hotel packing up our stuff to go home steve walks in the bedroom i begin to cry he looked at me he said whoa 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 whoa, dad why are you crying i mean aren't we better today than we were when we got here and i said steve we are but i don't want to go home he said why i said steve i'm afraid we'll go home and do the same thing that got us here yeah and this man in his wisdom said to me that day, and this became a game changer, a game changer to our marriage, even to this day, 39 years later. Steve said, I'm gonna make a vow to you. Now, when you say you're gonna make a vow to someone, that's serious business. He didn't say, I'm gonna promise you. He said, I'm gonna make a vow to you that every single day we are gonna carve out a period of time. He said, maybe in the beginning, it's 10 minutes because that's all we know what to do with. Because remember, we're used to small talking facts. We don't know how to go deeper. He said, but we're gonna create an opportunity and every day I'm gonna ask you a question and I want you to ask me the same question. And I said, what is the question? He said, I'm gonna ask you every day, how is your heart today? Not how was your heart 20 years ago? I wanna know how your heart is today. The reason he came up with that is I must have said to him over and over that week at the beach, Steve, somewhere along the way, yeah. you lost my heart. Yeah not intentionally, but you never asked about it. And can I tell you, men, a woman's heart is complicated.
0: Amen.
1: It feels all the time. And about
0: about the time I got it figured out, it changes.
1: You know what ticks me off about him? He'll be quiet, you know, (laughs) and I'll look at him and I'll say, tell me what you're thinking. Because I mean, right, we're always thinking. He said, nothing. And I'm like, how can you think nothing?
0: I see. Hold on. Hmm. <laughs> she goes, I said, I, I'm thinking nothing. You know what I'm really thinking? You want me to tell you the truth? I am thinking nothing. She goes, she never, she goes, I never. I said, never. teach me how to do that. She goes, I never think nothing. <laughs> I'm going, I know. You're always thinking something.
1: So, y'all, that became a game changer. And Steve said to me, Debbie, I want you to ask me that question, but I need you to be patient with Ooh. me. Yep. He goes, because I'm not sure…
0: What's going on in my heart? Men, men, will you go here with me? If your wife, your girlfriend, somebody in your life said, tell me how your heart is, uh, it's going to take you a day or two, be honest, for you to back up and go, how is my heart? Well, I'm mad. I'm, uh, we don't have the money we need, and we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't, and I can't, and I'm a failure. And, I, and, and one day I told Deb, I said, man, I feel horrible. She goes, tell me about it. And when we talked. She goes, hey, I'm on your team. Let's you know what it.
1: broke my heart? Mm-hmm. Is I realized I added to his calloused heart by him never being good enough. I mean, do you ever stop and wonder in your selfishness what you're saying to the person? I mean, why would he try if it was never good enough? And so, guys, this laid an opportunity for Steve and I to go, okay, our hearts are messed up, our hearts are scared, our hearts are full of fear, our hearts are this hard. I need you to hold my heart, yeah. even though it's messed up. And Steve, I desperately need that connection with you. I remember at the beach, he said to me at that 12-year mark, Debbie, what do you need from me? What do you need? He was just grabbing at straws to try to make this woman happy. And I couldn't verbalize what I needed. I couldn't. All I could think of is what he wasn't doing. I couldn't verbalize what I needed from him. But can I tell you, years afterwards, when we begin to really get close and work on this part, right. I looked at him and I said, Steve, I know what I needed. Ooh. I know what I needed at the 12-year mark. He goes, what? I said, I need you to know me fully. What, I need you to know what goes on inside of me every day. I want you to know me fully because I don't want everybody else to know that. And I need you to love me in spite of that. That's, that's what we crave. Hmm. When we stand at an altar and say, I do, we are believing with all of our heart that someone's going to know us fully and love us still, and love us even more.
0: And she wanted me to know her fully and love her still, uh, kind of like Jesus does us. Hello? Hello? He knows you fully in the messed upness and in the secrets of your life. He knows you fully. He knows that stuff. Uh, And he loves you still.
1: But sometimes we won't grasp that because someone closest to us on this earth doesn't. That's right. Mm. You know, Steve and I say all the time, we don't have marriage problems. We have God problems. So we won't get him and we won't let him so guys you've got to decide to be honest the other three will go real quickly real the fast. other three is this you got to decide that there's going to be an understanding i'm going to choose to understand steve what i mean by that is for the first time in my marriage when we begin to work <coughs> on this i chose to put my feet in his shoes He chose to put his feet in my shoes. I think, again, we get very selfish. All we think about is what we want. Very little do we ever think about what this person goes through. Real quick illustration of that. Steve counseled for years and years and years. He was on staff of six different churches. He had his master's in counseling, so they sent everyone to him. He would come home at the end of the day, and I'd say, how was your day? And he'd say, it was pretty good. I'm tired. I said, why are you tired? And he said, because I counseled for about six hours today. And in my mind, I thought, well, lucky you. I wish I could sit in an office and just listen, because that's basically what you do in counseling, is you listen and give a little bit of instruction. And uh, after, we, after he resigned from the church and we began to do this full-time, we had a counseling office in Shreveport, Louisiana, and he said to me, Debbie, I really wish you'd come do counseling with me. That way, when we counsel couples, they'll have a woman's perspective and a man's perspective. He said, I just think that would be very beneficial. I said, sure. So the first day we counseled, I think we had three appointments. So it was like three hours. I was slap dab exhausted. So for the first time in years, I began to understand what he dealt with every day. So we
0: got, we got in the car after that counseling appointment. She goes, I am exhausted. <laughs> Don't talk to me. I love you. You love me. There's, crazy, there's crazy people out there. <laughs> and we're okay. Yeah, thank you. We're good. Woo woo."
1: And so it changes your perspective when all of a sudden you decide, you know what? Your wife is home feeling like a failure, guys, when all she does is make lunches that are never appreciated. All she does is discipline because you're not around to help. All she does is wash clothes and cook meals that aren't that great and she just feels like a failure.
0: Ladies, uh, your husband goes to a job that maybe he doesn't like, but he goes to provide for the family. And guys, some of your wives, Go to work, she don't want to go to work. Put your feet in their shoes and it makes you understand, okay honey, when we come together at night, I'm on your team, we're on each other's team.
1: Number three is if you want it again, we're trying to build a foundation to go deeper than small talking facts got to be honest with honor. You've got to have an understanding. Put your feet in each other's shoes. Number three, there's got to be a connection. It might should say a reconnection. If you've lived in small talk and facts, the majority of your marriage, you are not connected. You're not. You may sit close to each other. You may go places together, but you're not very connected. Now, let me tell you what I think is the easiest thing to get reconnected is to do something fun. I don't know what happens when we, when we become adults, but we become fuddy duds. Really, seriously. We We just don't do anything fun. So Steve and I (laughs) always create fun times. Not long ago, we bought a trampoline for the grandkids. Thank you. (laughs) It's kind of for us.
0: Well, can I tell you what we do? We go jump on the trampoline in about two minutes. It'll wear you out and then we'll lay down on the trampoline and we're out in country a little bit and we'll watch planes fly over.
1: And Steve got an app on his on his phone to yeah, see where awesome. the planes are going.
0: I said, "That plane's coming from Dubai." <laughs> she goes, "I don't care." <laughs> but we'd laugh. When's the last time you as a couple laughed? When's the last time you had fun? You got to reconnect. And then finally, it's a choice. Some of you are in here today, and you've chosen to not do anything. Hmm. And that's a bad choice. Some of you today need to choose because walk here with me and we'll close. This relationship is a earthly skin picture relationship of your relationship with Jesus right here. If your relationships, kids, grandchildren, workers, if your relationships, husband, wife, if they're not working. Maybe this didn't work it either. At the age of 18, I asked Jesus in my heart. Came home from camp, told my mom, I said, Hey, I asked Jesus in my heart. She said, It's a fad. You'll get over it. Can I just tell you, I didn't ever get over it because Jesus transformed my life. And maybe today, you need to choose as a couple. You know what, honey? We weren't signed up for that afternoon conference, but you know what? We need to go and we're going to laugh a little bit, we're going to cry a little bit, but maybe we're going to reconnect and maybe we're going to choose to say, you know what, I stood at an altar and said, for better, for worse, yes, I'm in. Today, some of you need to come and be a part of this fellowship. You've visited long enough. I tell you, MJ and the band, they're amazing. They lead you to worship. But today, some of you need to say, you know what, at an earlier age, I prayed a prayer, but nothing happened. Maybe Today's the prayer you say, hey, Jesus, would you transform me? Because nothing's going to happen here until it first happens here.
1: And let me say one more thing about a choice. I have a lot of women, sometimes men, that will come up to me when we do the communication conference. And they will say, what do I do if I want to go deeper, but my spouse doesn't? You pray for them. Yeah. You pray that God will soften their heart. Y'all, God can do anything. You're not the, you're not the mover and the shaker. God is. So you begin to pray that God will open their heart with a desire to go deeper. And it will happen, not in your timing, but I promise you it will happen. I pray, I pray that your hearts will be open and teachable and that you will choose today to dig deep and to do the work to have an emotional marriage. Because guys, when we said, I do, that's what we were praying for.